And joining us for Let's Talk About the Sex this morning is our resident sexologist, Tanya Coons. Good morning, Tanya. Good morning, Bridie. How are you going? I'm good. It's a bit cold this morning. It's a little bit cold <laughs> out there. Um, things are going to get very hot in here, I'm sure, Ooh, as yes. they usually do. So it's dry July, and for Let's Talk About Sex, we've been talking about the topic of drinking and taking drugs and mm-hmm. how that affects having sex and our yep. sex lives. Now, last fortnight, we kind of got into things like erectile dysfunction and people sort of not being able to consent properly to having sex when under the influence of something, yeah. and maybe a little bit about why people are using, like, Dutch courage. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big thing to put yourself out there sexually. Um, so people, you know, tend to lubricate the, so- the social situation and the anxiety using alcohol. And we kind of found out that a lot of people end up having sort of kind of regrettable situations where they they lose their virginities while yeah, drunk. Yeah, up to 45% of people first time involves drugs or alcohol. And yeah, it can be quite underwhelming or regrettable. Yeah. Let's uh, let's turn this focus now on to drugs, illegal, illicit substances. Now, Ooh. it's we saw a broadly article that said that more and more women are using drugs to have sex, and yeah. I'm sure that the statistic is the same for men as well. Uh, we had an inquiry last fortnight from Tom, who was ex- hoping you'd explain a little bit more about the differences between stimulants and depressants in relation to having sex. Yep. Yeah, can do that. Um, Well, there's a lot to say. You know, stimulants like coke and meth, they're going to blast our brain with dopamine, which we know is the pleasure chemical. And they also give us a stamina booster. So they make us feel positive and energized and focused, right? So that sounds like a, a really great combination to feel confident and to make a move on somebody or to start sexual proceedings off, right? They can also increase our heart rates and our blood pressure, and that can enhance the physical sensation when we're getting sexy. And they can also delay orgasm, which can be a good or a bad thing. It depends on what people are doing. Um, It's important to know that coke will kind of fade within the hour, but meth can last as long as 11 or 12 hours, right? And, And it can make you feel a bit like a sex god. I know I have a lot of clients in the gay community, and they talk to me about having sex orgies that last for days if they're on the meth, you know, that they just want to keep on fucking. And they can't um, extricate the experience of having sex to taking meth. So some people have actually said to me, unless I take meth, sex won't be any good. I've heard this a lot, actually. So it's really hard to unravel it for some. Yeah. Now, I've heard a horror story just quickly on these sort of uh, drug-fueled sex marathons. I was at a and there was a bit of a workshop on this topic. Uh-huh. And someone was saying that they had, them and their boyfriend had done drugs, um, MDMA, yep. and then stayed up for about 20 plus hours having wow. sex. Yep. And then her vagina actually prolapsed and she had to right. go to hospital. So yeah. that was such a nightmare to hear about. Is that <laughs> something that you've ever come across uh, working with people as a sexual therapist? I haven't come across a prolapse, but I have come across people who've been... Um, able to to go for so long because they've been taking drugs and then you sort of forget that maybe your body's not used to that and so excess friction chafing things like that can cause problems yeah they they really can i heard a story about um a guy that had taken meth who was in st vincent's and they have a a glass chamber there to look after the patients that are taking meth and he masturbated for 17 hours straight Right, so I was just like, whoa, that's a really big effect from the drug. So it might seem like a good idea at the time. And then the interesting thing with that is, um, 
you know, sometimes people can't come as well, quite often. So you can fuck and fuck and fuck but not come, which could be great for some situations. But for others, you know, people might make sense of that, like what's wrong with me, I'm failing, or their partner might be like, well, you know, you don't like me if you can't come. So it can kind of mess with your head if you're not across it. Yeah, and there's no clear finish, I guess. Yeah, and if, you know, the thing to know is that if you use these drugs long-term, they can contribute to erectile dysfunction, right? It's it's pretty important. I think um, what the Brits call Class A drugs, about 80% of people will have um, erection problems if they're taking Class A drugs, right? So it's know to expect it, Yeah. right? I think that's the way. So I sort of talk to people when they're taking MDMA, for example, that makes you feel lovely and connected and empathy and warm and huggy, but it doesn't necessarily make you perform well. So it might be that you take your focus off performance and outcome and put it on pleasure and connection, which, you know, to me is a much nicer focus for sex. I don't really like to see it all being about performance. It's more about how can the pleasure be great between two people. So that's the stimulant side of things Yeah, um, that we were talking about before. People feeling really focused um, but maybe not being able to... Energised, able to go for a long time, all that sort of stuff, and confident. Yeah. And does that make people hornier? Because we had a question in from Terry that says, why does Coke make me want to screw everyone around me? (laughs) Well, yeah, Coke and meth actually are amongst a few hard narcotics that will actually have uh, an aphrodisiac quality. It's interesting. Most drugs are like, nah, it's not going to do that for you. Might make you feel connected, but not actually horny. But Coke and meth will. So, and people feel sexy they also feel invincible which can lead to risk-taking activities which you know can be like asking people when they wouldn't normally or having unsafe sex or doing things they wouldn't normally do so that's kind of a mixed bag you know I, I was reading a story when I was doing some research for this yesterday about a girl who started a relationship taking um, alcohol and coke and having sex met a guy off tinder and that was their sex life for eight months and she said you know, I did all of these things that I wouldn't normally do. He was asking me to do this, that and the other. I've got all these photos of me at that time and I look at myself and I'm like, there's an unhappy person. And she's now in a long-term relationship with that guy, you know, and now they stay in on Saturday nights and they've got kids and it's all very different to when they met. But she regretted that. She actually said, I I did a whole bunch of things that I wouldn't normally have done and it didn't feel right for me personally. So I think some people can have that sort of impact. Other people can be like, you know, I've always wanted to get around to doing this but I haven't been brave enough and you know I had a little snort and there we go Mm. so that's what the stimulants uh, are used for in that sort of realm but what about uh, depressants how does that sort of have an effect on us or downers downers well (laughs) they don't really um, help get you up yeah so alcohol is a depressant right and it's booze is probably the second most common drug apart in the bedroom uh, no, sorry, after the pot's the second most common drug. Alcohol is the most common drug. So it's interesting that depressants are the more common drugs that sort of help us be a little bit more confident. But depressants, the, the impact on people is varied, especially with pot. It depends um, on who you are and what situation you're in and how you respond to the pot, right? Because some people describe it as an enhancer. It can make them harder or wetter or more s- sensitive or just more relaxed and loosened up. For others, it's a real downer and it decreases their interest in sex. It can make them paranoid or just not feel like it. You know, when you think of other things like tranquilizers, they're meant to relax you and lay you out. So I'm not expecting people to be sort of jumping around being all energetic and sexy. They're more sort of like going to be in a corner being like very, very mellow. 
We want to hear from you if you've got experiences, questions, anything you want to talk to Tanya, our sexpert here on Mornings with Bray Tanner about, you can text in 0409-945-945. I hear a few I see a few people who are texting in already about uh, methamphetamines. We're gonna to get to that right after a track from Morgan Wright. And when we come back, we also want to be talking about um, how maybe you can get high from sex instead of getting high to have sex. This is me and you. You're on FBI Radio. Morgan Wright with me and you from Melbourne. You're on FBI Radio. My name is Bridie Tanner and we're in the middle of Let's Talk About Sex with our guest today, Tanya Coons, resident sexologist, our sexpert in the flesh. <laughs> um, we have been talking about drugs and alcohol and being kind of fucked up when you fuck. Uh, Double language warning there. <laughs> um, we had a text in on 0409-945-945. We were talking about uh, coke and methamphetamine use before. Someone saying, if you use meth and coke, long-term erectile di- uh, dysfunction is the least of your worries. Meth is just 100% pure evil. Yeah, we're not saying that we condone the use of that. We're just telling people who do use that what they might expect. I actually do not recommend using things like meth as a a sex enhancer at all. I'd rather go for the natural high. Yeah, and we're going to be talking about how to get that natural high very soon from Uh sex. Um, Before the break as well, we were talking a little bit about uh, marijuana use. Can you tell us a bit more about why people are using weed and what yeah. that does. So cannabinoids, um, they modulate the amygdala reactivity to um, to feelings and stimuli. So the amygdala part of your brain is the part that deals with emotions and feelings and it takes over from the hypothalamus. It's kind of like a triple O control centre. So it's got anything to do with strong feelings, especially sexual ones. So cannabis can make it interpret average stimuli as more fun or more sexy than they might seem otherwise. So I think that that's why some people are saying, yeah, I like to have a toe and then, then get sexy because everything feels a little bit more heightened. So it can work in that way. But for some people, you know, it can make them paranoid or just want to sit in a corner. So again, it really depends on the individual. So don't go into this expecting a specific result because it may not turn out the way that you think. And what about psychedelic drugs like uh, LSD, mushrooms, that sort of thing? What effect do they have on people's uh, sexual activities? Yeah, these ones, these are very hard to predict, right? Some users get all loved up while others report being too weird and too wired to do anything sexual. Um, They all have slightly different receptors in the brain, but what they do is they loosen up our thought patterns. So it depends on who you are, where you are, what state of mind you're in, what you're going to do and uh, whether you're going to have uh, an utterly, I think you will have an utterly different hallucinogenic experience every single time. It's not very well studied and it's very idiosyncratic. So it's pretty hard to tell what might happen. So again, I wouldn't go into that with a sure bet. I think a lot of people might find themselves if they're in a good space that they might get sexy with somebody, but it's not an intentional like I'm going to take this and then see what happens. On the text line, someone saying... uh them and their boyfriend uh, always casually smoked a small amount of weed once every few weeks or so and then would always go straight to sleep afterwards. Um, <laughs> they've always, Sexy. They've always had really great sex. Um, 
And after maybe five or six months of being together, we had sex while stoned. It was so incredible. We um, often have a small bit of weed before bed now just because it heightens our experience. Wow, there you go. Yeah, yeah so different experiences for different people. Yeah. Um, uh, I, well, let's talk a little bit about getting, if you wanted to, getting away from drugs uh, and still having a heightened experience on sex. So we think that the reason that people are doing this is to sort of send their senses a little bit into overdrive so they yeah. can feel things more. What else could you do to perhaps um, to do that same effect? Um, I think the trick to sort of having a great sexual experience is to come out of your head and be into your body. And I think a lot of people take drugs to sort of quieten the chatter in their head, whereas they could be paying attention to their bodies. Because for me, sex is a conversation between two bodies, right? So if we're up in our head and we're nervous, like, oh my God, what's going to happen now? Will they like what I'm doing? Are they happy? Am I okay? Are they thinking about my body? All that sort of stuff. None of that's very sexy. But if we're thinking like, oh gosh, it feels really good when they do that to me with their tongue, or oh my goodness, they look really hot from this angle, or I can't wait to touch that bit of them, it immediately heightens the experience. So sort of having a chat to yourself in your head about what's going on, about the senses. So if you focus on the senses, um, sight, sound, smell, touch, taste, it's too difficult for your brain to race off and be anxious. It's going to be anchored in the present, which is where you need to be to have wonderful sex. So if you're doing Dry July at the moment, this might be a fun activity to, you know, if you're feeling a bit bored on Dry July, this might be something you could do to as like a fun activity instead of going out partying. Yeah. If you want to um, connect with your partner rather than taking drugs, how about just gazing them in the eye and matching your breath with them and slowing down? You can put your hand over their heart and they can put your hand, their hand over your hand on their heart. So you're kind of sitting across from each other, gazing and breathing slowly. And it's a really, you know, people might giggle at first because it's pretty intense, but it's a really good way to get connected and to sort of down-regulate so that you can get sexy with each other and take away all the chattering minds. I'm talking to Tanya Coons, a sexologist, sexual therapist and relationship counsellor. She comes in for Let's Talk About Sex uh, and we've been talking about alcohol and drugs while you are getting down. We have one more person texting in. I've heard there's a risk of having vaginal or anal prolapse caused from longevity of sex while under the influence of amphetamines. Is this true? Uh, well, the story that you told, Brian, he would certainly indicate that. It didn't happen to me. It happened to someone <laughs> oh, <else. yeah. laughs> About someone else, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but I don't think that you can expect that. I think, you know, it, these are rare cases, but things like that can actually happen. Yeah, so if you're fucking for 20 hours is something's going to be happening there. You, you've got to be careful of lubrication. You've got to be looking at what's happening with your bodies. Just think about the machinations of sl- thrusting and sliding for that long a period of time, right? Your body might be like, hey, I'm getting a bit tired or I'm getting a bit worn out or this isn't going so well for me. So it's a good idea if you can to check in and see how your body's going. Thank you so much, Tanya, for coming in today and uh, undressing this topic. <laughs>